And next up, we have an interview with Matthew Lutton, the Artistic Director of the Malt House Theatre. It's very exciting. So on Thursday night, the Malt House launched its 2017 program live and streamed via Facebook. We've got 13 exciting productions to talk about, which is so many that it's hard to know where to start. <laughs> so perhaps we could start at the beginning and you could tell us a bit about how putting together a theatre company's program works um, in terms of deciding the thematic material you want to explore. Sure. Um, we don't set out with a theme. We sort of start by having lots and lots of conversations with lots of artists particularly lots of artists in Melbourne, but also international and national artists. And then through all of that and through shows we want to commission and shows we see around the world that we think are extraordinary, as we start to curate it, then the themes start to emerge. And so the sort of two big themes, I guess, next year are there's a whole thread of shows that are about individuals that really challenge the status quo or who really want to sort of um, push back against the establishment. And then there's another series of shows that are about uh, how to be really radical in your empathy or how to extend empathy in um, unexpected places and circumstances. Right. And yeah, just, just on that sort of thread, um, you've also talked about wanting to celebrate the matriarchy with this, um, with this particular season. And, uh, yeah. and I, yes, and, and I did happen to notice that there's quite a few plays that kind of about female empowerment, like Revolt, she said, Revolt Again, and The Testament of Mary, and even Away, which I believe looks at the Vietnam War and kind of the SOS, Save Our Sons, and some of the other social movements happening at that yeah. time. So yeah, was that uh, also something you were, you were conscious of, female representation, when it came to putting this season together? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of the most exciting projects that we encountered were from artists that were really quite revolutionary and putting big, strong feminist views forward. And that was something that we got very attracted to. So, I mean, as the shows you just mentioned, we can see it in the new writing about Revolt, she said Revolt Again, which is, addresses the issue head on and about the language we use in our daily lives and how it has a level of oppression in it and how to revolt against that. While Boar is three really extraordinary uh, comedians, Zocum, Adrian Truscott and Ursula Martinez, teaming up to sort of actually fight back against the critics and about the, the way that they felt like they're, uh, some of the responses that they've garnered over years. So um, that's certainly a really major threat for the season as well. Right, and oh, and yeah, just on that wild boars with, with the way it you know, takes aim at the other critics, which I guess is us as well, including that. <laughs> so thank you. Um, yeah, I don't know how often this becomes relevant, but are you actually especially curious to see what the reviews will be like for wild boars? Given, I mean, like, how do you, how does a critic review uh, a piece of fear that is like actually taking aim at them? <laughs> I'll be very curious. I mean, I think knowing those artists. It might start with that conversation, but I think it will sprawl out into something far more complex mm -hmm. and probably explore into a whole lot of systematic ways of criticism and feminism and misogyny, but also um, I think their ideas will um, probably just start with the kernel of responding to critics and be larger than that. So, uh, But yes, it will be interesting to see whether a bit of a feedback loop is set up <laughs> between the artists and the critics. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it would kind of make the critics quite self-aware as well. Like, you know, they might find themselves, like, writing something in their review that's kind of one of the things that was, like, referenced exactly. in the play. Exactly. It will create another layer of self-consciousness. So they'll be mm. interesting to observe. <laughs> Yeah, so also you mentioned one of the themes that sort of runs through this year's set of performances is uh, radical empathy. I was really mm. interested in uh, what does radical empathy really mean to you and why do you think this is so important to present to audiences? I think the idea of radical means in a type of empathy that we don't exercise every day 
or an empathy that we rarely exercise at all. I think um, there's so much selfishness in many ways in our daily lives that we don't recognise and so much segregation that I think we need to really challenge ourselves to think how we can break those rhythms and extend more empathy to others. So there's a series of stories next year that have that at their core really about where we're seeing whether it's something like in a way where it's sort of mothers in many ways dealing with their children being taken away from them too soon or to the elephant man which is really one of the core shows of next year which is about an individual who was almost one of a kind in many ways. He lived with Proteus syndrome in the Victorian era and there was no one else with that condition he could interact with. So how people, how he was offered dignity and cared for was a, an extraordinary story. And you're very directly involved with that production, aren't you, of The Elephant Man? Yes. Yeah. yeah, and that's kind of subtitled the real and imagined history. So you're kind of, I guess, combining like historical facts, but also, of course, it's a story that's had so many retellings, like the David Lynch film and, and other productions as well. So why did you have an interest in, I guess, combining like the fact and the fiction as such? I, I think it's partly because... Joseph Merrick, who's the uh, elephant man, never wrote a biography. So that we can never really... A lot of it is through the reportage of others. And I think the show will have an interest in what the internal and external sort of experience was, but possibly for Joseph. We can only, you know, suggest that. I mean, there, he did write a lot of letters, and the letters are very poetic often. They're quite beautiful um, and really observant of the world around him. So I think the show is interested in sort of expanding what his poetics and worldview were, but that will, us, that will be us taking artistic license. So we'll be sort of putting side by side the facts that we have about his life and speculations about his life. Hmm. So I guess theatre is this very human form of storytelling in that it's so completely from the body in a lot of ways. But uh, the Malthouse is often playing with newer mediums, particularly with The Encounter, which is um, coming out next year, which seeks to immerse its audience via soundscapes played through headphones. How do you go about playing with these new mediums and integrating technology into this kind of essentially live art form? And what do you think these additions bring to it? Well, this is a very uh, unique use of technology. So um, it's a type of technology that they're using where it's a contradiction, where you're in the room of, you know, 500 people watching a, a theatre show, but you'll also feel very singular. It'll feel like it's very much being performed intimately for you. So it's sound technology they're using in the encounter because the story is about going into Brazil in 1969 and encountering the uh, Maruna people of a civilization that only a few years prior had made contact with the outside world. Going, the sound design takes you into the Amazon, but the technology that they use is called bioral technology. Mm-hmm. And it's so accurate to the way that the human ear understands sound that mm-hmm. it tricks the body into believing the sounds are real. So your body starts to sweat or your body, the hair stand up in the back of your neck as if you were hearing those sounds. The body doesn't realize that you know, they're recorded. So to be honest, it's quite a terrifying experience sometimes. (laughs) But also a way that I think for a show that's about going into a very remote part of the world and about a character who's slipping onto the edges of consciousness, I think this type of sound technology makes that very vivid in a way that actually I can't imagine how the show would achieve it without it. Oh, that's interesting. And so it also sounds like a, a bit of a virtual reality as well, although it, it sounds, whereas, yeah, mostly when we think of the virtual reality stuff, it's usually the visual. So, yeah. It's... Yeah. yeah, it's very, um, it's almost performed on an empty stage. So oh. um, they create the sounds live on stage and also mix it with a whole lot of recordings. 
And it's all being done very live. There's this huge sound team that comes to operate the show. So this is, it's almost like a 3D experience for your ears, but yeah. it's quite a, um, I certainly haven't seen any show like this before. Yeah, no, I, I don't think many people have. Many people haven't seen a show like this before. Um, yep. Thanks so much for joining us, Matthew. Was there anything else you wanted to add about next year's season at the Malt House? No, I, th- I think we're just really excited. We're really excited by the sort of the provocations in the show and the season. And, and we're also excited that we've uh, sort of revamped and come up with a new subscriber model so that people that want to see five or more shows next year don't have to lock in their dates. They can just pick the shows and decide which dates they want to see the shows later. So um, we're pretty excited by seeing uh, what people want to take up that offer. Yeah, oh, sounds like a great idea. I'm sure many people will. Yeah, after um, reading through the program, I'm certainly uh, interested. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, thanks so much for joining us, Matthew. Um, uh, yeah, best of luck with next year. And, Thank uh, you. And all the work from, from now until then as well.